Hey, let me ask you a question. What time of day do you shower? Do you get up in the morning and hit the shower before you head to work? Or are you more of a, I shower at the end of the day kind of person? And the reason I ask this is the Minister of Labor from the province of Ontario put out a tweet this morning that is uh, getting a lot of attention. And what Monty McNaughton said is, quote, we know Ontario is built by those who shower at the end of the day, not the start. The implication here is that blue-collar workers are the ones that build the province. Now, now let me ask you again. Depending on what day, time of day you have a shower, are you making more money now than a year or two years ago or less? Has your income suffered because of inflation? Has it gone up? Because let me tell you this. If you're a nurse, and I don't know what time of day nurses shower, particularly. But if you're a nurse in the province of Ontario, you are limited in what kind of money you can make because the province has a law on the books that limits the wage increase of public sector workers. To talk more about getting yourself a little bit more cash and maybe how that relates to what time of day you have a shower, I'm pleased to welcome to the program Dr. Jim Stanford, who is director of the Center for Future Work. Hey, Jim, what time of day do you shower? I'm an end of the day guy, Alan, and it's not because, you know, I got really dirty at work and so that helps me get to sleep at night. <laughs> I can't believe that this is the divide that we're talking about, but that no, is the discussion that's happening that's, today. <laughs> that's retail politics happening right there before our eyes. Uh, all symbol, no reality. All right, let, let's look at StatsCan uh, Labor Force Survey found that the average hourly wages actually went up about 3.4% between uh, March of 2021 and, and March of this year. But that's not nearly as fast as inflation, which is 5.7% in February. And the Bank of Canada today suggesting that it's going to go even higher. So are wages across the board falling in face of inflation? In real terms, Alan, that's absolutely correct. Because prices are rising faster than wages, it means the buying power of what you got in your wallet is actually shrinking even though in dollar terms, it looks like you're making more. So this is a big concern. Uh, you know, wages uh, wages growth has picked up a bit. That's a good sign. 3.45% is not extraordinary, but it's better than it was a few months ago, but still not fast enough to keep up with inflation. That means the real compensation that workers get for doing their jobs is shrinking. And that's just not going to wash. It's not going to wash with those nurses, you know, whose wages have been kept to 1%. And it's not going to wash with anyone else who sees their real standard of living start to erode. All right. And which job sectors are seeing better uh, wage growth? Uh, and we mentioned nurses and those that have been capped um, because of legislation in various provinces. Where is the growth? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, one interesting trend is that there's a clear division between the goods side of the economy and the services side of the economy. So goods production uh, includes uh, mining, resources, construction, manufacturing, uh, things where, you know, again, perhaps as Mr. McNaughton was uh, indicating, you you know, you work with your hands, you move stuff around and, and so on. Um, there, wages grew 5% uh, over the last year. But even that's not enough to keep up with uh, inflation. In the services sector, for people who work in, you know, whether it's public services or private services, uh, wages only grew 3%. And that is in part because of some of those uh, very harsh caps on public sector wages in healthcare and education and other uh, other services. So if you work in the good side of the economy, you're doing better. 
A couple other industries that stood out, um, uh, professional and technical services and business management. Those guys always seem to look after themselves. <laughs> You're seeing wages grow 7 to 8% uh, over the last year. They're, they're really about the only ones who can say they're keeping up with the cost of living. Um, here's a funny one, uh, Alan. Hospitality sector. You know, we've heard endless complaints from restaurateurs and hotels and so on that they can't find staff. Well, they're not putting up their wages in an effort to get more staff. Uh, in hospitality, uh, uh, we really only saw about 1.4% increase in hourly wages uh, over the last year. So, you know, if you're if you're running one of those cafes, and I sympathize with the you know the headaches of trying to administer and and run the business during the pandemic, but you got to do better than that if you want to keep uh, retain and and recruit workers uh, for your business. I'm speaking with Dr. Jim Stanford, who is the director of the Center for Future Work. Here's a naughty problem with all of this, which is if, because of inflation, we increase wages, that means there's more money in the economy, which then feeds inflationary pressure. You know, the Bank of Canada says, well, we're going to raise rates. We put it up a half point. More is coming to try and keep inflationary pressures down. But if wages go up, goods go up in cost, and inflation becomes cyclical. Is that not a problem? Yeah, I, I think, Alan, you've you've identified the, the crux of the concern that people have. There's no evidence at all that the current surge of inflation came from wages. We know that. It came from supply chains that were disrupted in the pandemic. Uh, it came from the fact that um, uh, consumer spending shifted a lot towards goods and away from services during the pandemic because you couldn't travel, you couldn't eat in a restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. And now, of course, it's gone up mostly because of housing prices and the energy uh, crisis. Uh, so none of that has anything to do with workers' wages. Um, but workers naturally want to get some protection against that. So they are asking for wage increases that would match uh, the consumer price index. Now, does that lock in a so-called wage price spiral? It doesn't have to. It absolutely doesn't have to. First of all, profit margins have increased dramatically over the last year. So. Uh, companies, despite rising prices and supply chain uh, challenges, are making more money, a much wider profit margin. So there's no requirement that winning a higher wage increase has to be passed on in the form of higher costs, higher prices to consumers. We got higher prices without higher wages, so uh, we should be able to allow wages to catch up a bit and get profit margins back to normal. Uh, secondly, there are ways to protect wages without sort of sparking off a whole, you know, a spiral. One of them is through a cost of living adjustment, where you just get a uh, an ad hoc increase in your wages above and beyond what you normally get if consumer prices are higher. Then if consumer prices settle down, as the Bank of Canada is saying they will, then that cost of living adjustment uh, shrinks. That's a way to try to protect workers that doesn't set off a whole spiral. And I think that those sorts of solutions uh, are feasible and, and would be uh, economically helpful to protect workers' real purchasing power uh, during this very uncertain time. Jim, uh, great points. Uh, and like a, a pitcher who's just thrown a great couple of innings, it's time for you to hit the showers. <laughs> it's not the end of the day yet, but I will hit the shower before I go to bed. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> Jim Stanford is the director of the Center for Future Work.